Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I'm the Gnarly Gnome. This is Cincy Brewcast. It's the voice of Cincy Craft, and I'm not in Cincinnati. I am, uh, this is probably one of the uh, furthest locations that I've traveled to for an episode of Sensi Brewcast. I, I think Athens is probably further from, from home than uh, this is. Uh, I mean, we'll just we'll, we'll go ahead and spoil it right now. I'm at Maria Stein, and I hope that there is a, a handful of people right now like, oh, I, I know where you are. I know. They, it's probably in the show title where I am. <laughs> I don't know why I'm acting like it's uh, some kind of surprise to anybody that's listening to this. You saw it when you clicked on the episode. But uh, I'm at Moeller Brew Barn sitting down with Nick Moeller. You are uh, founder, um, owner. What is what is your official job title that you like to go by? Gnarly. Welcome to Maria Stein. Thanks Thank for, you. Thanks for driving up this morning. Um, yep, I'm the founder. Um, owner's cool, but... but, but uh, um, I like the way Larry Bell carries, carried the, the founder name around. So um, I think that's, I'm the founder. So we, we opened up in 2015 and um, we, here we are. It's, it, we definitely down in Cincinnati are already familiar with, uh, with, with who you guys are. Not to a, uh, an extremely in-depth amount. We only get kind of those core beers that are, that are uh, coming out on shelves and stuff in the cans. But um, I assume that people that listen to this show, there is a, there's probably a large, larger than, than you would think portion of them that are geeky enough that they've made the drive up here to check the place out. Or uh, I guess, I guess Troy's probably a little bit closer. Maybe they've uh, ventured up since that tap room's been open, but I hope so. I, we, we always like to say it's always a nice drive up to Maria Stein. I think a lot of people get that. Um, you know, even if you're in the city, um, a lot of folks in the city always have an affinity to, to something out in the country. Sure. Um, you know, so whether people are taking up, taking 127 up or I-75, a lot of people from Cincy make the trip. Um, Dayton region, of course, too. But uh, uh, some people stop short in Troy. Um, and then when I run into them in Troy, I say, <laughs> hey, you know, just a little bit further, um, you know, check out the, the mothership, uh, the, the original location and... Um, uh, like we're sitting out here today, perfect oh, sunny day. There's the absolutely alf- perfect. The alfalfa field is across the street. Um, the goats roam freely over there, so <laughs> they, they may be out later. We'll, we'll probably probably see them before we're done here. That's fantastic, uh, and and we'll talk kind of about the uh, the different tap rooms and the different experiences with those tap rooms. But um, first, we should drink a beer because this is, after all, a beer podcast. That's uh, that's the point of it. We have a segment from the beer we call fridge. from the beer fridge where uh, we, we drink a beer. Um, you very graciously provided me one. I don't know what it is, but I'm going to try to guess that this is some kind of a summery, delicious lager. <laughs> it's the. <laughs> that's right. It is. Cheers. Cheers. That is the El Gallo Mexican Lager. Um, yeah, just just a nice light lager, right around five percent. Um, this this beer is is really the only beer in our, our lineup that has corn in the malt. I was gonna say it's in, a, the, in the malt bill. Definitely has that kind of sweet lager character to it. Yep. So ten percent ten percent malt bill with the corn there. Um, just gives it a, a nice corny sweetness. Uh, garnish it with a lime, and um, you know it's, it's really good flavor and especially, a, good, a good hydration drink. Yeah, especially you know during the summer like this, it's this week has been hot. It's been brutally hot. You guys have a beautiful patio out here out front of the. Are you, is, do we consider this the front of the back now? Um, really, that's always <laughs> been the question. So if you like to come in the back door, that's fine. If you call it the front door, that's fine. Um, some people walk all the way around to the front, but most people come in. <laughs> um, 
the back door or the front door. Right. But that's, that's, a, that's a good observation. Even during the design, it's like, which one's the front door? It's like, whatever one people want to come into. That's, it's a very, uh, a very country thing, too, is uh, somebody who has some family that is, is uh, we'll call them country folk. Um, nobody ever uses the front door of the house. They always go around to the back door. <laughs> yeah, and there's a, a friend growing up, they had a, a sign at the back door in, in the garage that said, um, back door guests are the best. And I, I wanted that sign, but... Some people thought it was too racy. Jeez, oh, people <laughs> will find something to complain about. <laughs> uh, let's 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 talk about the history. How how did Muller Brew Barn get started? I've kind of read some of the uh, the different interviews over uh, the last few years since you guys have been open, um, but I, I want to hear it from you. I want to hear kind of how this this idea was was born. Okay, well, um, I grew up here in Maria Stein. Um, graduated from Maria Stein Marion Local in '97. Um, studied mechanical engineering at Ohio State. Um, and I uh, graduated in 02 and headed out to the West Coast. Um, started working for the Department of Navy as a civilian um, in the shipyards. Mm-hmm. So I got to do aircraft carrier. God, that's so cool. Uh, <laughs> submarine maintenance. Um, so submarines were, were my jam, and um, it, was, it was a really cool experience. At the same time, when I first got out to um, Washington State in the, the Puget Sound area, um, it's still in college. I got, I was introduced to beers like Widmer, Hefeweizen, sure. um, Red Hook, Red, probably. Red Hook, extra special bitter and, um, visited their, their brewery, brewery, Red Hooks. Um, and then getting down into San Diego, uh, Stone Brewery is one of the first <clears throat> breweries I was introduced to one of the first, I think the first keg I had in my garage. Um, and, uh, that, that was in Escondido, California. The, the Stone Brewery, um, with the, with the walking paths, sure. um, you know, getting out into nature, and then the huge tap rooms, the, the different fun things on, on the food menu, um, plus the, the tours and uh, the tanks and really all of it. So that, that, was, that was really coming to, to life in, in Southern California. And that was at a time where that wasn't really happening. You know, so, you know I'm, I was here in Cincinnati. You know, that was, um, we, we were just starting to get some of those uh, uh, normal kind of, uh, 90s era brew pubs popping up and um, just a very different type of experience with beer than what was happening on the West Coast. I mean, it was definitely uh, ahead of, of the curve for what we see happening now. Right, right. So um, I would say in the 2006, 2007 timeframe, um, I remember this one Groupon trip. We, we got into a Austrian Humvee. Uh, we toured the Southern California countryside hit three or four different breweries there they were in warehouses um i I really enjoyed the the mike hess brewing odyssey um he kind of detailed uh starting a brewery from you know from scratch and getting through all the 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 red tape um but anyway um got married um we had two kids when we had our second kid um we were close to that point like okay do we do we stay in san diego um do we you know, keep up with our careers, or do we get back to, to Ohio? Um, maybe we can start a brewery in, in Columbus or Dayton or Salina, but what if we started a brewery in Maria Stein? People are going to have to drive to the brewery anyway. It's right. got to be a destination um, is how, how we thought. So then it's like, why not put it in Maria Stein? Uh, we love the school system here is great. The community is great. Um, and then it could be a great thing for the community. Plus, um, it would get me over that fear of not being able to have uh, any good beer. Right. That, that was one of the obstacles of moving <laughs> that's back. A, that's a huge question of mine is when, when you 
made the the final decision already. We're gonna do it here in Maria Stein. Like, I, I mean, I, I I haven't really spent any time in in town. Right. There's <laughs> you know, no like, there's no there's, stoplight. There's 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 not like <laughs> there's not a lot of drinking going on there, right? Like, it's not there's there's not bars and restaurants and stuff. There's uh, the, well, I, you, you would be surprised. Mercer County does have quite a bit of um, beer consumption. There there isn't a ton of bars and. Um, it's, it's very spread out around here, but I guess the people were warning me, Hey, this is, this is Bud Light country. Right, this is right, Miller Light right. country. Um, and I said, well, a lot of people do like, you know, to consume beer. So really if only 10% of people give us that, at least a shot. And as long as the beer is good, then, then they'll probably give us another shot. So and I learned pretty early on in late college that, uh, Red Hook ESB, a six pack of that was a lot better than, uh, a dozen uh, natty lights. Right. Right. So I, I got rid of the gut rot. It was, it was better. I felt like I was a healthier option. Right. And I, I kind of saw that through, through my middle of my twenties and I thought, Hey, if the old guys switch over, like they might not go back. And I, I think that we've seen that in the craft market. Sure. I, I didn't have any reason to believe it would be different here. You know, when people had that option. I, I mean, uh, Clearly, it's it seems to have worked. <laughs> right. Well, as long as the beer is good and we, we, we people like the beer and people, um, and it's just, it's more than just it started off with you know make beer sell beer. Right. And as long as the beer is good, but but then you know the service, um, the atmosphere, um, you know making people happy. Even I'll say the parties that come here are part of the ambiance because sure. people like to to celebrate here. Uh, the the idea of um, beer distribution was that something that was always kind of in the back of your head when the idea came about, or was that something that after you kind of got set up here and you were getting the tap room up and running, and then people started, hey, I you know, uh, growlers are great, but I need cans. You know, I live you know here, I live here, and we have to drive all the way out here to get the beer. It was when did that kind of happen? It really was. It was part of the the plan to start. Um, but we, we didn't know at what level. And when, when I was getting started in, in 2014 and we opened in 2015, I had a hard time thinking past three to five years. Mm -hmm. I wanted to get into bars. The first week that we were putting beer into kegs, we delivered to about 30 different restaurants, bars and restaurants and kegs. So we wanted to get the beer out there, help advertise and help uh, bring, bring people to our, our tap room. And then it was at year one that we did our, our first anniversary IPA right. and, you know, kind of dabbled into that. Thank you. Thank you. So, I mean, that was, that was how I, uh, first heard about Molar Brew Barn. We were up in Salina for, for Lake Fest, which is, you know, behind the scenes why I'm up here right now, kind of. Uh, use it kind of as an excuse to also get here. But, um, and where we went out to, to lunch, went to a little, uh, little restaurant there on the, on the lake. And, um, of course, I, you know, have to always, you know, scour the beer list and see what's going on, see what, see what I can't get at home, see what sounds exciting. And I saw this Muller Brew Barn and it said Maria Stein. And I didn't know where Maria Stein was. So I asked my wife, I'm like, where's, where's Maria Stein? She's like, oh, it's just, you know, it's a little south of here. South uh, side so, of the lake. Uh, yeah. And she's like, it's just over there. <laughs> I said, well, <laughs> evidently they got a brewery. And this was before we had kids. Uh, and I'm like, well, 
we got to stop. She's like, oh, okay, yeah, we can do that. <laughs> Back when that was an option. <laughs> and so uh, then, you know, everywhere we went that weekend, you know, I'm, I'm every t- where I can find a, a Wally poster. Uh, I think there was, a, was it the Fro- Frogtown, Frogtown IPA? IPA? Frogtown <laughs> IPA. And I uh, uh, was just, just grabbing them wherever I could and, and drinking as many different kinds as I could find. And it was, uh, um, it was what got me here then, nice. you know? Well, now that you have kids, you can still come here. I think that they are probably coming here. Nice. Uh, I think I think they're planning on eating. Well, I don't know if they're going to eat lunch here or not, or just hang out and have a couple beers before we get into town. But nice. I and and, and I think it was it was on opening day in, in May of 2015. One couple that I had never met before. They they had driven up from I think around Oxford, and they they said, "Hey, we saw that you were opening on on social media. That we thought we'd drive up. We had a great time today, but we probably won't be back in, until you have food." Yeah. I said, "Okay." It, it wasn't that good. He said, no, the beer was great. Um, it's just kind of the reality is, is that we always need to eat. And if, if we have to, to do, make two stops just to get here, it, it's going to be harder um, uh, to do that. So, so right away, I kind of got this vision for the rest of the property and how to expand the rest of the property. And at the same time, we were evaluating going into distribution and knowing that if we invested in a canning line, that it's, it's kind of a long road to hoe to becoming profitable and, and there's a lot of risks and, you know, you can get on, um, you know, you can have a lot of people say that, Hey, there's distribution is a very tough market. Sure. Um, so there was all of those, those warning signs, I guess. But, um, but I was in my, I guess this was a, it was a 20 year plan. It's like, how am I going to grow this property? How am I going to grow this business? Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not going back to a different corporate life. I'm going to, I'm going to grow this thing here. So what's the vision? And so distribution was part of that. You 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 come from a family that uh, entrepreneurship and, and and growing a business or starting a business is not foreign. So I th- right. you know was that kind of going back again to the beginning? Was that something that was always in your head of I I would like to start something? I, I don't. I'm not. I'm not certain. I don't. I don't think so. Um, I kind of wanted to be an engineer that figured out hard problems and, and, you know, made it big that way. <clears throat> that was, that was kind of my early on thoughts. Uh, but once we had kids and the responsibility that, that comes with kids, um, very, I kind of saw that business, business that. ownership. It's very familiar with that at 4 a.m. today. Right. Exactly. <laughs> One of these that, days, my kids are going to listen to these podcasts and realize that they've made my life very difficult sometimes. <laughs> When we were when we were looking to, to move back to Ohio and looking at different positions within the Department of Navy, they didn't seem like there was a lot of freedom with it. And right. so, owning a brewery, running a brewery business, I felt like there was um, there should be some freedom with that. And especially with technology, sure. um, that's you know that freedom to have some more free work style, I think, is out to a lot more people now, well, which it, is good. It seems like. Uh, one of those industries too that with that engineering background and that that mindset it's not not that far-fetched to come into something like this that is i mean it doesn't feel like it when you're sitting here but this is a manufacturing facility it's a uh, it's a it's a factory of sorts making a product you're you know like it's that being able to switch into that mindset when you want to and kind of be able to get that 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 side of you to, right. to still engage in something like that is um, not every industry has that. It's you know right. there there is obviously hospitality that goes along with us, but that that was what I didn't know I was getting into. And, and I like to hold the title of, of chief engineer, but you know sometimes you know once you're you're go, you're up and operational, there's only so many times you get to put that hat on. And the, and the first time we were we were brewing, 
We have a premier stainless system here. And it was, it was on day three. And I was up on, I think it was day four. It might have been day four. I was up on the brew house platform. Um, my dad had texted me, said, hey, sending your uncle over with, with a couple of friends. You mind giving them a tour? So they came in. They said hello. And I, I headed down the platform. Corey went up the platform. and Corey's Corey head Everman. brewer. He's, he's the head brewer. He's, um, has done a great job here, seven years. And I uh, started giving a tour and figured out then that, that it was the tourism industry, you know. You know, we kind of, you kind of hear it, but then when you keep repeating that, it's like, hey, um, even on the brewery side, like when people come in, don't forget that, uh, you know, make sure you, you smile and, and right. say hello, be welcoming. And, um, and that's kind of a lot to put on people because, you know, it's the, it's the whole staff from, um, we like to say marketing is everything that you see so that the clean tanks are, are part of the marketing. Right. Thing. So, well, and... and- you know, you guys have, especially here in this location, again, we'll talk about the other locations and what they are going to look like or do look like. Um, this is still very open to the tap room. It's still kind of that, uh, what I'm calling now, kind of that old school tap room vibe where you, when they're brewing, you smell the beer, you smell what's happening, you hear it, you see the people doing it. You can, somebody's standing there, you know, you know, moving beer from one tank to another, you you can have a conversation with them. They're right there. And, I think some of that has gotten lost in some of the the new side of what craft beer is. Not that that's bad, and you guys will experience it when you come down to to, to Monroe, which again we'll talk about. Um, you know that brewery is very separate from the uh, the, the the tap room restaurant. I don't. Know. We'll talk about what right, it's going right. to be. <laughs> right. So so the plan of attack is just to start knocking down walls, right? <laughs> that's what I would like, but. <laughs> I, uh, that was, uh, I mean, we'll go ahead and we'll jump into it. Uh, when, when, uh, the previous, uh, brewery there, Rivertown, which, uh, has a huge, huge history within, you know, the city, they operated their taproom out of Lockland. When Rivertown was in that location, it was, it was old school taproom. It was before taprooms were a thing was when they moved in there. So obviously the taproom got pieced together around, uh, a very, uh, industrial functioning brewery. And that gave it it, it gave it charm. It gave it uh, this this feeling that people fell in love with. And then when they moved up to Monroe, some of that got lost right. very quickly because it is a very different vibe than what that original taproom is. Yeah, and that that, that must have been a very difficult decision. You know, I, I don't know the you know the yeah, e- yeah, economics yeah. of it or anything like that. Trying to find a way to uh, um, to to keep that side of of what people fall in love with a, with a brewery trying to keep that feeling with this side, you know, the, the restaurant or the tap room or the, the hospitality side, like trying to keep those two things, um, playing with each other is really tough for some places to, to do. And, you know, especially speaking of here, the, the one tap room of yours that I have been to, um, I think you guys just, you, you, you nail it so good. It still feels like a tap room, but it it obviously is comfortable. It's uh, uh, the food is still a, a huge priority. I mean, you when you walk up to the bar, you see the kitchen, you see all that. Even that ties in. It's you guys have just done a really good job of um, staying true to to the things that I love with a with a with a brewery. Right. And so, so as we're looking at this expansion, you know, we we like to look at people like, hey, that didn't work. You know, should should we throw caution to the wind or should we have caution? Um, but 
we're fortunate enough to have that that foundation. So yeah. you know, we're, we're not going anywhere in Maria Stein. Um, Troy, we're celebrating three years um, here. Let's, it, let's in, talk in about August. Troy a little bit before sure. you know, before we get. It. Uh, so Troy, you guys, uh, what year was we, that? Twenty. We, we opened in August of nineteen. Okay. It's in an old church. Yep, it's uh, in a um, original church was built in 1870, uh, burnt down in I want to say 1910, uh, and then was rebuilt in in 1912. Uh, survived the flood of 1913, and was a Lutheran church up until around 1998. Um, so then it was decommissioned in 1998, and it was a variety of different things between 98 and 2018. Right. So. So we started renovation um, in 2017. We're able to use some of the uh, the church pews that that were all in right. line there um, as part of the seating, and also uh, kept all the stained glass windows. Uh, those got a real deep clean in, in the uh, pandemic of 2020. So <laughs> over, so when, when over we, we had over. nothing to do except take uh, old toothbrushes to uh, lead and, and stained glass windows. How do you like when you're when you're opening a tap room in a space like that that the space has soul and has personality and has this other thing that is not a barn at all. I mean not that this is really technically a barn either but uh you know that does that very different personality to what that space is than what you guys started with here. How do you kind of come into that and figure out all right what is this brand really? What does it mean? How does it uh, how did how did you do that? Well, with with a lot of help, I, I think. Um, as but, all as all things that are successful end up being, right? Uh, I, I guess complementing the space, like we, we knew that. Okay, like is it Molar Brew Church or is that not true to the brand? You know, it's probably Molar Brew Barn, but we're not going to fool anybody and try to turn this into a barn. Like, so let's um, uh, let's just complement what it is, and and so so during that process, we we. Uh, uh, we had to put a couple of dumb waiters in uh, to get food from the from the kitchen in the basement, and so when we built that structure, we got to, to add a little bit of um, some barn characteristics right. to, to it. Um, so, and, and then the rooster resonates, right? So, so on top of that uh, barn, we we added the rooster weather vane. Um, so, so that was a cool touch, and and so in Monroe, we're looking at those for those same opportunities. Right. Um, you know, like, do we put a giant hole behind the bar and make that look like a barn opening to the brewery behind? Right. behind? Um, you know, and that, that would be easy to do if, if money were no option, but th- that's not the case. You know, right. we're, you know we're, we're trying to move through this all very smartly and, you know, make the investments where, where we should and then, um, you know, just keep plugging away. It, it really, when you guys opened Troy and I started really thinking about Molar Brew Barn and what it is, like I started thinking about the brand and the, the personality of the place. Um, it shifted my mindset of what this, this is. I mean, yes, it's, it's about a place that you can come in the country. You can sit here, you can look out the windows, you can see the alfalfa and the goats and that kind of stuff. And that's, it's very much what this is, but that's not what the brand of Molar Brew Barn is. And Troy kind of kind of shined a light on that for me of this this idea of coming into a place that uh, maybe doesn't have a brewery or doesn't have a lot of breweries. It's it's not it's not close to those places that you can go and there's you know six breweries sitting right around each other and you can go and you can walk around a different brewery. It's a place for people to uh, um, to to call their their own that you know. Still gives them that uh, that craft beer experience without having to uh, uh, to to drive 
into right. town. Right. So, <laughs> so, so, you know, you bring up the brand and that's the kind of conversation we have with our marketing team a lot and our operations team. The hard question of what is Moeller Brew Barn? Right. Um, you know, what is the brand? It's, it's more than just a rooster. You know, it's, it's got to be, you know, is, is it a place where the service is great or is, is it a place where people have celebrations? We have so many of those uh, 50th birthday parties where, you know, 50 people will descend on into Maria Stein or into right. Troy and, and, and celebrate, a, you know, a person or a family. And that, that would not have been there otherwise. And to them, it's a fun place to go have a party. And so that becomes the brand kind of, right. you know, it's what are people saying in their homes or at the water cooler? That's what the brand is. You know, that's the end result of all the marketing um, you know, and that all of that marketing is is the good beer, the good food, uh, whether it's the the stained glass lights throughout the day or into the evening in Troy, or you know all the natural light in Maria Stein and the you know the, the tanks and right. the, the wood, that's all part of the brand. So, making people happy is, is part of the brand. Also, trusting that beer is part of the brand. You know, so it's right. it's multifaceted, I guess. Um. Let's talk about Dayton a little bit. Uh, you guys broke the news. Uh, what is it? Like two, two, two years, almost two, two years, years ago. Two years ago. The news started. I feel like there? it was probably October of 2020 that, that, I mean, that we were. But maybe we didn't break the news until February. Of I don't There is there is a chunk of time in the last couple of years that doesn't make sense to me anymore. So I don't know when right. it was, but. It got me really, really excited, especially right after that. Little Fish announced that they were also coming right. into Dayton. Yep. It's like these, some of those places that I would travel to do an episode of Cincy Brewcast to go to, right, are coming to a place. And Dayton is the biggest Cincinnati suburb. We know that. Uh, it's, it's a joke that we make on the show. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, we we have embraced Dayton as as part of uh, Greater Cincinnatians to some extent. So um, it gets me excited knowing that I can go right there to see some of these places. It gets easier now that I can go to Monroe for you guys, but. Um, that the, the the brew pub it's gonna you're gonna make food there too I assume it's part of the brand right, right? Yep. um is uh, seems I, I've seen some pictures and I've driven past it a couple times it seems like it is going to be intense it's gonna be awesome like uh, uh not that not you can't call it the the crown jewel obviously this will always be kind of the well you know uh, the Dayton is base. the crown jewel <laughs> depends who you ask. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's a diamond city. It's a great city. Um, but but I, that, I'll let you finish. That is that is the first location that you guys are going to have that is walking distance from other breweries. It's right. in the middle of, it's in a city. It's in the middle of kind of the hustle and bustle of all that next to the baseball stadium. It's a, it is a very different mindset to, uh, to, to, to open that, to plan that, to, to, to operate that than it is some of these other places. Um, how do you, how do you, how do you get the right people in that position to make that place as much of a success as uh, a place like this is? That's a very big question. That's a good question. I was going to say that that's why that, that question of what is Molar Brew Barn is, is so important to talk to our team. And, and luckily, we've already got a great staff built in Dayton. Our, our, our general manager and assistant general manager have, have been with us since November. We were originally targeting a, a March right. timeline. So them getting to work in, in, in Troy... 
but getting getting those people into the right positions to uh, uh, to make a place like that a success. Um, maybe it's a, a blessing in disguise to have some of those uh, some of those setbacks to kind of help you prepare and help right. you make sure that things are um, lining up the way that they should be and that people are ready for it when it happens. I, I don't know that you can really be ready for any of this. I, I guess the, the litmus test is, is typically. Um, are people happy? So the, the anxiety right now is, um, you know, are people going to show up and is, is the beer going to be good? Right. You know, so starting with a new water profile, uh, kicking off the, the, the brewing process. But we feel like we've, we've got a person there that has brewing experience in-house and um, he'll do a great job for us. And, you know, we, we hold the standard there. It's, it's, you know, kind of keep the heat exchanger clean, you know, clean all your, you know, just go through all the, the right processes and you should come out with, with good, beer. with good beer. Let's talk about kind of how that breaks down as uh, throughout the Muller Brew Barn uh, family of tap rooms going forward. So this is um, obviously the hub of production, I assume, right. or until Monroe opens, will Monroe kind of become the kind of the majority of the production? I don't. What's the what's the brew house here? What size? Are you uh, this is it's a fifteen barrel space, fifteen barrel brewery with I want to say three hundred twenty five barrels of fermentable space. Versus so, Monroe, which has a 60-barrel brew house in it. Monroe right? is a 50-barrel brew 50? house, um, much more automated. And they are 100-barrel tanks, so set up for double brews right. um, with, a, with a couple of 200-barrel tanks. So we're looking at roughly 1,200 barrels of fermentable space there. So um, we, we just recently expanded distribution into, um, into the greater Cincinnati area with, with Stagnaro distributing. And we're looking at other opportunities through the state. So really, the breweries are going to complement each other and help us get beer into distribution. So the same, like you'll have Wally Post being brewed here and Wally Post being brewed in Troy and Wally Post being brewed in Dayton and Wally Post being brewed in Monroe? Uh, Not quite (laughs) like that. So we'll have Wally Post Red being brewed in Monroe and Maria Stein typically. And then then we'd fill the tap rooms with. Uh, the Wally Post. So it's it's more like Maria Stein will uh, kind of support the the northern side of the distribution chain, and then Cincinnati more will be w- working it from a different direction. Uh, Troy and Dayton will have their own unique beers that that will be able to serve in the tap room, and we may be able to use those same beers to um, to go into Monroe and Maria, kind of, St- Maria Stein. Right. right. So it, it's difficult to keep twenty four beers on tap in two different locations, sure. and, and soon to be four different locations. So. Those type of logistics are, it's like, okay, where does it make sense to brew a 10-barrel batch oh, in Troy? Um, yeah, so or there's where, where needs this to fill this gap? Where does you know, this gap needs filled over here? Right. So really it gives us some, some more options. Uh, it lets us build the, the brewing team. Um, so more people to, you know, kind of feed into the system, keep that knowledge does that, growing. Does that leave a lot of, uh, I assume it would, leave a lot of kind of freedom on the brewing side for the people in the different locations that if they want to kind of play around and want to like, hey, I've got this idea for this thing I want to try, I want to try this beer, like to, oh yeah, yeah, yeah go ahead and you, you know, do that. And if if it's something that it seems like it's working, then that kind of can start to, to filter out into other places and stuff. Right, creating that that process. Um, and there's there's different events in, in different cities. So Troy has the Strawberry Festival in, in June. So we're, we're able to you know make a lot of different beers there. Uh, Maria Stein had our seventh year anniversary in May. A couple of beers that we, we made for, for that were the Life's of Peach uh, wheat and also our... Lemonberry Rattler, so two two very good beers that that 
then we're able to keep on all summer. And then we also sent Life's a Peach wheat into, into distribution. So that, that was able to supplement. It's like, okay, let's, let's try to get this out to 100 bars and, right. um, and sell it. And, you know, that's, that's kind of what the, the, the uh, relationship with, with the restaurants is. We like to provide good beer, fast-moving beer. Um, it's, it's got good velocity for bar owners uh, because people like to order it. They, they trust it. Um, the Wally Post is, is, I think, one of the best reds out there. Um, so, yeah. Well, I feel like that's one of those styles that has, not that it's gone away, but it's, 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 uh, it's not exciting for a lot of places right. to, to, to make it. It's uh, uh, similar to you know, maybe like a, just a normal stout, which we need more places just to make normal stouts. Right. Uh, you know, things like that that just aren't, aren't flashy, aren't exciting. But because of that, you get less and less places that are making it, and then it becomes this thing that you can't find. <laughs> it's this, then, then it becomes this extinct style that just doesn't exist anymore. And to be able to have a good, solid uh, red that you can grab on a shelf, you can fill a cooler with it, it works seasonally in every season you can think of. It's, a, it's that perfect in-between between you know something that's light and uh, crushable, for lack of a better uh uh, word, and then it also kind of works when the weather's cooler, and you're looking for something with a little more flavor, a little more you know malt presence, and it's just to me it's a it's a it's a perfect in between style, and uh, there aren't enough of them around anymore. There aren't enough, and but it's but it's a, it's a hard category to sell. Sure, uh, you know if if people are pulling fifty two percent of the beers that they're pulling off the craft shelves are IPAs, and eight percent of them are are reds, or or five percent or lower. You know, it's a hard starting box. <laughs> I had I stopped at a, a place last night and um, um, back back at home, and he had a uh, red IPA on tap, and I, I tried it and I'm like, man, that's okay. Like, uh, I see what you did. You just <laughs> called it an IPA. <laughs> it's a it's a red ale, <laughs> but but you you slap that IPA on the end of it, and I guarantee it's going to sell better than if you didn't. <laughs> and uh, it's. I get it from a uh, from a business perspective sometimes that you you have to kind of play around with that and try to get people to drink things that they won't otherwise but right um, from from the beer geek side that uh, that tradition of some of those styles that is getting lost uh, sometimes you gotta just make a red ale and call it a red ale right. or sometimes you gotta just make a make a Kolsch and call it a Kolsch and just and right. own it you know whatever that style is those things that maybe you have to explain to somebody when they walk up to the bar um, what it is and why they're going to like it uh, that's okay that's part of again that hospitality that other side of this this business that I think is so important somebody walks up to the bar and orders a Bud Light there's there's the conversation that happens. It's like okay, well, I I get that that's what you drink. Here's our closest thing to Bud Light. I know you're gonna like that, but try this, try this, and try this because they're they're different, and they're they're gonna get you out of your comfort zone. But you might like them because they're they might be similar in these different characteristics. And uh, right. we've lost a lot of that in the industry. So and right now, um, get, getting back to you know how we we give freedom to our our brewers. Mm-hmm. Um, each tap room, we, we have a meeting each week with marketing and operations to, you know, go over what's the beer release calendar. Um, you know, where do we need to make some of these beers? One of the beers that we that me and the brewers want to make right now is is a an amber ale, uh, kind of in that that alt style or that mm-hmm. uh, 
California steam beer style. So then, then it's kind of back onto marketing, like, hey, how do we release this? What's, what's the name of the beer? Like, help us come up with the story. Right. Not, that, that, not that we want to make up a story. But the very first time I, I brewed beer with my buddies, where it was my recipe, we were brewing it for our wedding, my, my wife and I's wedding. This is back in uh, 2009. So we were making a, an amber ale, and we were using Chico Ale yeast strain. Right. It was a red beer. So we're set to brew on, on a Saturday morning. They, uh-huh. they had this, these two guys, David and Matt, had meet me in the alley brewing company. So a couple <laughs> of guys, they, they obviously shared an alley. And That's they each fantastic. had a 30-gallon pot. So they, they made 20 gallons at a time. So we had four kegs that, that came out of each batch. Um, and the next one Saturday morning, we were planning to brew for our wedding in, in five weeks. So unfortunately, on Friday night, we're sitting in our house watching TV, being watching Judge Judy in our our. <laughs> cat chico got ran over in the street someone oh. knocked on our door and said your your cat's dead in the street so we were devastated and we thought we were terrible terrible people for you know letting our cat sunbathe right. in the street we, we cried and the next day we we brewed that that beer in our dead cat chico's honor and at, at our wedding we served the chico red ale um and it was delicious and so um cheers to chico to chico um it's not your cat's fault for sunbathing in the street. It's not your fault for letting him sunbathe in the streets. The person that wasn't watching where they were going that hit a cat is. You think? Yeah. I thought we thought it was a lesson. Like, okay, let's not be irresponsible for when we have kids. Well, so that, yeah, that, don't that let your kids sunbathe in yeah. the street. That is a yeah. <laughs> cats a little different than the cats are allowed to sunbathe. So in the I'm, street, I'm already ready to bring this beer out. Let's call it the Chico Red Ale. Like it's named Ch- after my dead cat, like and Chico let's, let's brew it. It's going to be delicious. I like Meet Me in the Alley, Red Ale, if they, I don't know what happened with the friends and their, the their idea, yep. uh, but I like that idea too, of kind of that uh, homage to uh, to them, because I, that idea I think is so fun to beer, you know, this, right? Uh, you know, you're, you and your neighbor buddies, like, oh, let's, let's, let's hang out this weekend and we'll meet in the alley and we'll, that, we'll make some beer that together. That is a good idea. I like that a lot, um, but again, you know, I, there's, there's, I, I like stories. I like I like beer that that means something beyond just what's in the glass. I think that's almost. I know you talked earlier about how you know you, the 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 base of this place is you know you make good beer and you make it comfortable for people and 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 everything else will fall into line. But I I think that to me the beer comes further down on the list and maybe it's different when you're planning something versus once it's open but uh, when i walk into a place i'm i'm less worried about what the beer is going to taste like as i am you know what's what's the service going to be like what's the what's it going to feel like when i'm here am i going to be comfortable is my wife going to be comfortable if she's with me are my kids going to be comfortable if they're with me you know how does all that other stuff come first and um, the story behind the beer comes next you know the what, what does this mean what does what does the brand actually mean what does the what do the what do the beer names mean is it something that's real or is it just somebody that you know is uh making stuff up because they think it's gonna sell good right. on a shelf the red ipa <laughs> right well, you know i i get it <laughs> the red ipa does have another name too which which does have some kind of story to it but um uh so the, the honey wagon the honey wagon ipa very right. aromatic um roughly six and a half percent uh, the manure spreader was was invented in, in Maria's time, 1899. So Oppenheimer's new idea was, uh, hey, let's put the slingers on on the shaft behind the manure spreader out at an angle, so it'd be 
It'll, it'll sling it wide. It'll fling poo. Yeah, it'll fling it wide. That way you didn't have to have the kids. So they used to fling it straight back, and then they'd have high schoolers uh, behind the wagon uh, flinging it to the side. Oh, and so the kids had to be out of school. Right. So he's like, hey, we got to keep these kids in school for engineering and, and math. Or maybe that was just the, the end result of him coming up with a wide slinging device. Uh, the kids got to stay in school longer, further advance, right. uh, you know, the engineering and that was uh, the start of the new idea plant, which was in Maria Stein from about 1899 to 1912, and then was in Coldwater, Ohio, from uh, from 1912 to 1999 is, is wow. when, they, when they closed their doors. Well, that's but the ha- honey wagon is very uh, right. aromatic, right? <laughs> right. Uh, there was a uh, uh, hun- honey sweetness and, and honey colored. <laughs> if we can, it does not taste like manure. It does, uh, um, or smell like manure. Um, when my wife was in uh, probably high school, again, my, we have some, some country roots in her side of the family. Um, that does not translate down to her at all or her sister. Her sister um, has a, was a photographer. Uh, that's how we met. I, I'm a photographer in my, my normal uh, uh, existence. And then um, we met when we were in school together. And then she did some kind of project with uh, my now wife, her sister, um, where they were taking pictures around the farm, you know, these black and white pictures with the textures and stuff like that. And one of the shots was her standing in the manure spreader because they didn't, <laughs> they did not know what it was. They just thought it was a cool piece of farm machinery. It's, that story has nothing to do with beer, but, <laughs> but it, it brings me happiness. That sounds dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a, uh, Yeah. Um, so we didn't even talk about this beer that we're drinking. We, uh, mentioned that we were getting, uh, another round, but we didn't talk about it. Uh, Cabrewing? Cabrewing, summer hazy pale ale. It is, uh, hazy, hazy IPAs get a bad rap. Uh, sometimes people like me, um, further that bad rap because there are so many kind of mediocre ones out there. This is not one of those. And the fact that it's, um, a pale ale, so I assume it's a little lower ABV, a little, uh, a little, little more tame than some of the other stuff that people are putting out sometimes as far as the big, massive, hazy IPAs. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, golden in, in color, um, lower on the alcohol range, about, uh, five and a half percent. That's perfect. Um, and I guess some of the problems with some, maybe my personal taste issues with the, the big IPAs are, Maybe the 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 cloying sweetness or kinda, this, yeah. the um, just just thick on the the tongue. Yeah, um, and I think it's once you get over the six and a half percent range, it's it's the beers are so big that it's it's hard to en- enjoy a couple in a setting where you know people want to hang out for an hour and a half. You know, two beers is just about perfect. Or so we definitely start um, on the bottom, you know, bottom going up with 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 most of our beers. I like that, but uh, yeah, the I guess the the, the hardest trick with the, with the hazies are is keeping them clear. We're using a um, so, sometimes your hazies will will drop bright, right. and they can they can drop bright in a keg. So you could you know you have a whole batch that's kegged, and and every once in a while a couple of those kegs will 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 pour bright, and you're like, what the heck? <laughs> that's, the, that's the, when the you flavors just call it a juicy point. IPA. <laughs> <laughs> It's kind of hard to switch. It's like, it's like, it's like, why is that keg different than the other one? It's like, well, that one had more yeast sediment right. than the other one, you know. And um, I, I guess I don't, I want to, don't want to say that you want to explain away your beer, but that's that's kind of the fun of the craft of it. Sure. Um, the haze craze probably started what three years ago. 
M M forty three was yeah was um, maybe one of the, the bigger ones that that helped launch it. It, it, it depends on how you. I mean, Hetty uh, Topper, I guess, really started okay. it. Okay. <laughs> but you know, it, it was uh, when it became mainstream and super. Uh, people were aware of it. I guess. I, yeah, I would say you know, three, three, four, four years ago. I, again, last couple of years, I can't figure out time frame of anything anymore. But right. So so then. I guess in the, these last three years, everyone's trying to make hazies, and you know, for us, we, we didn't know what we were doing. We 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 read a lot on, I'll say, craft beer professionals, right. um, and t- talking to people at, at trade shows, and then you start out with a guess, and then you brew it, and then you make adjustments. Is that is that harder for you guys because you are kind of out here in this island uh, to some extent, but I mean, there are other breweries within uh, a reasonable distance of you, but um, there's not a lot of uh, chances for you just to, to go and walk into somebody else's spot and be like, man, Hey, what are you guys doing right now? How, 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 how is this working? How is that working? How, how is uh, you guys you guys make a hazy yet? How, how'd you do it? Yeah, you know? I think we, we have, uh, we have plenty of opportunities. So, um, the Ohio Craft Brewers Association is great. Sure, uh, we, we're we're connected. Um, have a lot of friendships with uh, the Dayton breweries. Um, going north, there's there's less breweries up there. But again, um, I heard Lima made, just got their first one. Yep, that's yep. exciting. Mark Ryan and Key and the crew up there. So that's exciting stuff. The folks up north, you know, there's there's different Northwest Ohio um, uh, beer festivals. So that's a chance for us to connect. Um, and there's always socials going on with the Ohio Craft Brewers Association. So yeah. plenty of chances. We've, we've got email chains going. We can, we can look up folks all the time. And then our brewers kind of have built those same relationships right. as well so to where they can um, reach out to folks at, at Municipal Brew Works or, or Yellow Springs Brewery um, and just you know, talk about what's going on in their brew house. Right. There's, there's a Facebook form out there. Um, craft Beer Professionals, it's kind of neat to see. Right. Um, it, you get all the, the, the best ignorant questions um from which which are great right you know from from people starting out and some of the simple questions are the best questions because you get like just a wide range of yeah. of answers and it's funny too how sometimes somebody can ask one of those real real simple basic questions or just getting started and you're like oh man not that question again and then somebody will answer it in a way that you're like oh my god i didn't think about that right uh, the answer becomes relevant to more people than maybe would have thought it would would have been yep um yeah I mean could this industry have done what it has done um if if you didn't have things like like the internet or uh Facebook groups or uh the ability to uh jump on Zoom with somebody and have a conversation that way like I I mean I guess I guess it did to some extent back pre-prohibition but um it's it's interesting to think about like how how something like this would have looked then versus now you're right i i have no idea <laughs> like cuz cuz launching in 2015 um social media was was definitely our our, our biggest media outlook sure. advertising outlook uh, we we focused on photography uh, right away um jenna hines been our, our photographer for uh, many many years and kind of she from the start helped, I guess, capture the, I don't want to say the pretty pictures, she, she capture the why of, of, of what right. we're doing. And, and I like to, to do that myself with, um, you know, capturing moments around the brewery. Um, 
there, there was a cool one a, a few years ago where, where Corey was snow blowing on, on the, the patio and we put a post out that said patio is open and, you know, also 20,000 people saw it across the, so underappreciated too. Like I, I, again, in my day job, I'm a photographer. Um, I work with a lot of places trying to help them with their social media and that ability for some places to understand the importance of that is, um, uh, the inability for them to understand it is shocking sometimes. Gnarly, would you like another beer? I, I, uh, that is a silly question. Of course. Okay. Like what's what's beer. your favorite style? Um, I, I'm I'm a lager nut. Um, we had the uh, the the Mexican lager. Is there any other loggers on right now? We have. I'm the, talking. How about the, how about like she can have okay. headphones on? All right. How about a how about a nine ounce pour of the Trappist Triple? Oh, all yeah. right. Yeah, that's a it's a. I think we're at nine percent on that one. Yep. Golden ale and. Uh, the a Abbey a Belgian Abbey yeast strain. Uh, that sounds good. I'll, I'll yeah. take a, I'll take a, f- a five ounce. Oh, I'm excited. Uh, yeah. So the the Belgian yeast strain when we brought that in a uh, sidetrack here, but we we did a um, uh, the drunken monk that was a five percent uh, Belgian pale ale. Then we then we went to the drunken nun, <laughs> with which is a Belgian double. Uh, we used uh, dark Belgian candy syrup in that. Eight percent delicious. I like that um, the the drunken nun is bigger than the uh, the drunken monk. Yeah, 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 <laughs> for sure. And then the 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 trap is triple. I wanted to come up. I'm okay with the name. I mean, it's kind of just you know it is it is it is what it is. Um, it's also one of those styles that I think that people people that are really into some of those trappist styles that. That's what they need to know. They they don't they don't need all the other fluff around it. Right. Sometimes it's like, right. oh, well, you've got to do the What's the Dunkelweizen? It's the Dunkelweizen. Yeah, you have the Moweizen is our, our German Hefeweizen. Um, that, that I've definitely had that one before. Yeah. I think you, you, there's always time for one Moweizen. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have that on tap now, but but uh, September October. Um, what is what is your bestsellers as far? I mean, obviously it's probably those those core beers that we see on the shelf in Cincinnati. But okay, well the the seltzers have have definitely um, and and we do a wide variety of different seltzer flavors. Wally Post Red is still um, very popular, especially in in distribution when when there are restaurants that carry it. Yeah, uh, they're, they're successful with it. Um, the flavored beers have have definitely been more popular in 2021, 2022. Right. So Orange Peel Crush. And, and blueberry blonde um, have orange peel crush. Is that kind of the same idea? Blonde with some kind of orange on top of it, or uh, more pale ale? So we, okay. we start with a with a copper colored base, and okay, and um, um, yeah, orange peel. That sounds good. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> I, uh, you know, the, when people think of some of those uh, quote unquote fruited beers, I think people tend to either think of you know. Summer shandy from you know you know lining kugels or something like that that just um, was kind of a not that that's not a tasty beer to drink in the summertime but it doesn't have any soul to it again you know it's it's not a it's not a not a real beer you know to to be able to find those fruited beers that are still beer first with fruit you know like that's um, you're you're not a big fan of. I, no, I, I, I'm a huge fan of the actual liquid and drinking it, but it doesn't resonate with me the same way that um, an, uh, an actual fruited beer will, you know, right. I, 
you know, maybe it's a dig at Shandy a little bit, maybe. Maybe the Shandy style. And, and you know, when, when we talk to marketing and we talk to folks, definitely, and when you have 24 taps, oh, yeah. Shandy definitely makes the list. So you know, how, how, do you, how do you do it well? I'm more and, of a fan of, um, like, I, I will... Uh, I don't know if this is an actual verb, but I will shandy one of your beers. If you have some kind of lemonade oh, okay. that you can then add into a beer, I, I, I'm not opposed to that. Well, that's a good way to look at it. <laughs> what, like, why waste a whole, right? Why, why have a whole, um, you know, marketing behind it? Like, let's just shandy some I'll, beers. I'll shandy them all. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, if it's not a verb before, uh, I think it is now. <laughs> That, yeah, we'll, we'll shandy any beer. Um, that's right. <laughs> How do you, so if we want to go, I mean, we're, we're running up towards the end of the show here, but um, if we want to kind of look bigger picture at stuff, which uh, I know, again, after the last couple of years, sometimes it's kind of hard to, to take a step back and really see where things are, where things are going. But um, I imagine that there's been a lot of uh, a lot of thought for you guys because of where you're at right now with these expansions and uh, these new new places getting ready to open up. You're gonna have uh, several. You have three three spots under construction right now. Is that right? Uh, two spots under construction. So open in Maria Stein, open in Troy, Dayton. We're we're planning to open in in August of 2022, and really Monroe at the same time. Um, or or by Labor Day is our, is our goal. But yeah. So, so Labor Day, um, is, is our, is our plan to open in Monroe. Um, from there, we'll be just happy to get past that, that really to the starting line. It's not the finish line. It's the finish line for the, for this, this phase. Um, and then, you know, creating this whole new animal with all the people that will work there. We think we got a good foundation. Really each of these will take on a life of its own. Sure. Um, you know, Dayton will be will be different with all the, I guess, you know, some of the tourism and, and yeah. with the baseball diamond there. Um, and Monroe, of course, there's there's a ton of folks coming in town all the time. But then, you you know, both of those locations, I believe, will have, uh, you know, a good base of, of locals that that rely on, on it for a good place to go, a right. good place to take family when they're, uh, you know, visiting from out of town. So so where this is going, we do have some construction plans slated for, for um, later this year in Plain City. Right. So expanding east and, and getting more into the Columbus market. Um, time will tell, you know, getting into execution and, and seeing how things shake out right. will we'll probably, you know, steer us um, in, into our next direction. You know, do we, do we add a few more tap rooms? Do we wait a couple of years and just really, you know, hone in on, Focus on, on, the, on, on the, the execution? Yeah while trying to uh we've got some production volume to fill out in monroe it's a it's a, it's a big facility uh there's we can add yeah room we, for growth there. we have room for growth too. as well there so so you know expanding smartly through the rest of ohio and 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 um into kentucky and exploring michigan and other states right. um that's that's kind of like the, that three to five year plan indiana i think you guys could could resonate pretty hard in kind of eastern indiana i don't know well think, they still have some crazy i think weird laws yeah, like, there's weird like laws. um <laughs> kids aren't allowed at the uh at the brewery restaurants you have and, to have like and a, they don't sell cold beer at, at any of the convenience stores you have to have like a separate space within the brewery i think yeah, for, stuff for like kids that. to be allowed or something like that but but also uh, not a lot of cold beer on the shelves. Right. Um, it's it's probably a, it's a harder market. Um, Sun King is, is is great over there, um, but it, it must be a, 
it's, it's, it's not it's, the top of our, our I think list. It's a pain. <laughs> but I, I, I look at that, 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 that brand, you know, that Muller Brew Barn brand, how well it would resonate there. Or I guess Kentucky kind of fits too, but, um, you know, just, uh, there's, there's so much potential for you guys as a, uh, as a company and as, as, as a, as a brewery, the beer stands up, it's, um, it's good. And, right. and, I, and I think that, you know, the rooster resonates in this, in the city too. You know, like I said earlier, uh, folks in the city have an affinity to, to family and friends out in the country. Um, you know, you, you get one mile outside of the city and, and you, you see right. cornfields and bean fields, um, you know, on the way to, on, on 63, um, on the way to Moeller and Monroe, you're going to pass oh, giant yeah. grain bins, oh, yeah. um, you know, uh, farms with, with tourism attached. And, yeah. You know, so, so you, you get that feel. And so I, I, I think attacking the cities like uh, Columbus and, and, and even Cleveland and Athens and into Pennsylvania, I, I, think, I think the rooster can do well. I think so. Like, you know, if it's, a, if it's a random Saturday afternoon and we're, you know, hanging out somewhere, grabbing a beer and I'm, grab a, a molar brew barn beer like it does it, it it kicks this thing into my brain into gear of you know weekends like this where either i'm sitting here in the tap room and i'm looking out the windows or you know maybe we're making that drive up 127 from you know from hamilton and to, to salina and like it just there's these memories that it uh that it has the ability to tap into that other other places can't necessarily for you know for for good reasons i mean they have different things that they tap into but um i think that uh, uh you guys hold a special place for people to be able to um to, to capture that side of of everybody's personality as everybody wants those weekends where you're sitting and it's quiet and get a happy beer before noon <laughs> and well, but i had had eggs like three hours ago. it's time for beer but the, but just that idea of like sitting and and looking at a field with you know uh wind blowing through when i was driving into town there was a guy that was crop dusting a field and he's with an airplane. Over. Like, oh my god yeah is so that cool f- and like and and sometimes you just want to sit and and experience things like that and this you know to be a little cheesy about it the the brand itself captures those memories all into into one can if we want to get real cheesy with it. Thank you. Our, our brand is cheesy is what I got out of that. <laughs> no, my descriptions of capturing uh, the experience of sitting looking at a field in a can, that's the cheesy side. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm okay with it because, yeah, it's supposed to be a, it's supposed to be a feel-good brand. The, the servers, they do that. You know, the, the, the food does that. Um, so it's it's fun to keep doing that, and and we're you know we get, we got to build this team of say thirty new people in Dayton, and thirty new people in Monroe, and uh, they'll bring life to it. Well, it's it's hard. To, it shouldn't be, but it seems like it is hard for a lot of places to take um, an idea like this—a fifteen-barrel brew house that's cranking out a bunch of beer, putting cans all over the uh, this region of Ohio. Uh, restaurant. Um, I haven't eaten the food, but I assume a great restaurant. It looks like a great restaurant. I've heard good things about it. A uh, big bar, big outdoor space, all of this stuff to do all of that and still make it feel um, relaxed and nonchalant and uh, genuine. Uh, evidently, that's hard because not a lot of places are able to pull it off, and you guys have. So <laughs> you've you've done the impossible. <laughs> I, I'm not sure how I, I, I have some opinions, yeah. but it, it might start with a, a clean floor. 
That's and a good mop job. Nothing like a good mop job. If you're not doing it right, you're just wasting my time. <laughs> I, I I think that there's a lot of truth to that. That that uh, <laughs> and then go from the ground up from there. That's right. Yeah, well, and that's the first thing that people see, you know. And then and then um, is is the floor, and then then uh, the smiling faces. So. God, that's I, nobody's ever described it that way, but that is it starts with the floor. It really does. Uh, I appreciate you making some time for me today. Gnarly, thanks for driving up. Thanks Thank for you. visiting Marie's time. Um, anybody that has not tried the beer, get out here and try the beer. Or, you know, wherever your local uh, Muller Brew Barn Taproom is, is or is going to be, go there and try the beer. Grab it off the of shelves. Um, for those of you who are listening to this that are uh, in Cincinnati, um, Stay tuned. Uh, as soon as Monroe is uh, definitely going to open on a certain day, you'll you'll read about it on the blog. I'll be talking about it. I will be there, and hopefully you'll be there too because um, I'm excited to have somebody coming into that space to bring some new life to it that uh, uh, desperately needs. And um, uh, we're we're excited to have you guys in thanks, Cin- in Cincinnati. It, we we've already had that that um, we've already been welcomed a ton by the by the city and yeah we're excited uh the city is one thing the drinkers that's where it gets fun (laughs) (laughs) there's well and and and, again i just said we were wrapping things up but you know monroe itself like there aren't a ton of places for you to go and like sit down and have dinner with your family and things like that and 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 when rivertown came in like it was it was so important to so many people because of that. Like, that, oh, we finally have this spot close by. We can go grab beer. We can sit. We can sit outside. We can sit in the tap room. We can, uh, we can, we can have this this thing that um, you know. Maybe if you drive you get over, to call your own. drive over to Mason or something like that. Yeah, it's easy to find. But here in in, in Monroe, there's nowhere. And to finally have that, I think people were so excited about it. And so when it closed, it was heartbreaking for a lot of people. So. Uh, to have you guys bringing that back to life, I think, is uh, is going to be fun. It's a huge opportunity, and, and I, I think you nailed it on the head with, you know, that's what that's what people want. Breweries get a lot of uh, the advantage of a, a lot of advertising. People want to go to breweries. Um, but when you bring in the customers with, with, with uh, you know, employees that that live right next to them, right. you know, or, or, or cousins or... or I think you're exactly right. You, you got the the people want something in that space. They, you know, they want they've wanted it for what it what it brought was. I don't even think people realized before it was there how desperate they were for it. Once they got that little flash of it with with Rivertown, they fell in love with this idea of having that that place. And so I think that when when Rivertown closed, it left this hole in a lot of people there, um, and that's. That's the easy side of it, is providing that space for people to uh, uh, to be able to experience to to finally be able to to take Muller Brew Barn and bring it into Cincinnati's beer community and beer culture and all of this stuff is is a much bigger thing that would take um, a whole other show to really dive into and 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 talk about. But right, I'm excited to have you guys there and to see how you start to to fit into that and and bring this experience to something that. Uh, um, needs it so yeah we're gonna we're gonna do our best and you know I think people will like it the beer will be good as long as the beer is good and, and people show up and we have a good time I, I think don't, it'll don't make any crappy beer for us all right. that's all we're asking all right. <laughs> I have faith 
<laughs> hey, thanks again, Harley. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, for any, again, anybody that wants to visit, uh, look in the show notes and we'll have uh, links for everything for uh, Muller Brew Brown's website and all that stuff. And you can find directions to all of the tap rooms. Make a weekend out of it. Wait until Monroe is right ready to open and then just hit them all like in the same weekend. If you're and, on a bus, uh, pick me up. <laughs> that's right. Uh, shout out to uh, Cincy Brew Bus. Make it a trip and uh, and we can load everybody up and just drive around to all of the Muller Brew Brown locations. That'd be fun. It'd be a fun weekend. Um, thank you very much. We'll be back next week. I don't know who we're talking to next week, but it's going to be awesome. I can guarantee that. Um, if you like this show, if you like any of the stuff that I do, uh, you can go to the gnarlygnome.com slash support and you can support that way. It helps a lot, um, especially uh, with my wife because she likes when people actually pay money for things that I do because <laughs> it makes it all easier. Uh, thank you guys. We'll see you next week. Cincy Brewcast. It's the voice of Cincy Craft.